0: Hello, welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. My co host today is Nathan. Hello, and thank you for having me again. Today's topic: maul rats. The second film in the View Askewverse after 1994's Clerks. The film stars Jason Lee, Jeremy London, Channon Doherty, Claire Forlani, Ben Affleck, Jason Mewes, Joey Lauren Adams, Michael Rooker, and Kevin Smith himself. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Snoochie-boochies. <laughs> you suggested that we review Zack and Miri Make a Porno. Yeah. And my thing with that, although it's a funny movie. Really is. Doesn't really fit the criteria of the podcast, but it did get me thinking about More Rats. And so that suggestion is the reason why, why we are here now. We're here reviewing More Rats. But it would have made
1: an interesting um title for the for the podcast. We could have changed it to Sounds Like Porn. Yeah, I mean absolutely <laughs> you right. about that.
0: I did, I did. But um I'm glad you chose More Rats though. Ah oh, mate, more rats is still my favourite of his movies. It was my entry point into the into the universe and all things Kevin Smith. I remember, in the UK, Certificate 18 for both Clerks and Morats. And I'm talking VHS. I was not 18 years of age. I looked young for my age, so I couldn't purchase them. Fortunately, somebody did. And I had them on VHS and I wore them down. Oh, yeah. I, yes, and then picked up chasing amy also on vhs mm. but by the time dogma came around dvd DVDs. yes yeah jay's hannah bob strike back i was 17 years of age couldn't get to see it at the cinema so disappointed criminal so yes my yeah, my fandom kevin smith goes back to college um yeah and, and yourself what is when did you first discover kevin smith like how old
1: were you it were, I would have been probably 15 because More Rats came out in 95 and they started advertising on the back of comics. You started to see the um, the, the the photo that Willem is trying to look at in the movie. The and sailboat. sailboat. And, he, and it's, that graphic is, is, is taking up a whole page of, uh, of, 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 or the back of a comic book and you've got Jay and Silent Bob standing there in front of it. And that was the advert for More Rats and that caught my attention. I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah, And um, I just... I, I, I remember seeing it at the video store hiring it out by Hap Instance and just loving it because I was like, well, I associated with comics straight off the bat uh, because of it was being advertised in comics and because of Stan Lee's involvement. So I thought, well,
0: this has got to be up my alley. And it was. I was blown away. Okay, you, yeah, you, you definitely discovered Kevin Smith way before I did. But um, yeah, I also saw those ads on the back of comics. As in the other Ask You Verse films, The characters Jay and Silent Bob feature prominently and characters and events from other films are discussed. Several cast members, including Jason Lee, Ben Affleck and Joey Lauren Adams, have gone on to work in several other Smith films. And you've said it. Comic book icon Stan Lee appears in this film, which officially is his first cameo. Yep. He appeared in this before any... MCU work. Of the Marvel films, Mm yeah.
1: It's important to note that... Kevin Smith's films were a shared universe long before
0: the MCU came along. I mean, that's it. Because Kevin Smith, you know, he started with a love of comics. He made Clerks. I mean, in that movie, we get way more superhero talk in this. Especially the scenes between Brody Brody and Stanley. And T.S. Yep. But we get that big uh, dialogue exchange about Star Wars in Clerks. Like I he was, you know, that first movie he made, he was already making it known, his love... Pop, of culture. pop culture yeah. and then yes we get a lot more of it and this is a uh, this air. is a love letter to the comics clearly but you're right and the shared universe i mean straight out of comics like going back to stanley at marvel yep. like those early comics maybe it was a fantastic poor comic and then it's like hey wouldn't a photographer be there he'd get the artist to draw peter parker it started with small things like that and exactly. then it's like hey hang on most of our characters are based in new york Let's have them interact. So it's just like this with Smith. All these characters are based in the
1: tri-state area of New Jersey. So it would make sense that they'd all know each other and interact with each other. Or be cousins of each other or having some interaction with each other.
0: Well, that's what we have with Rhino Halloran's character. Yep. He's the cousin of Dante, yep. who first appeared Gil in hits. books. That's correct. Now, it's, it's not all good news for this movie. Mm. right? Now, we can watch it today. and it sounds like you watched it close to when it first came out. But this did not do well at all at the box office. Clerks was an indie film, black and white. Smith pretty much funded it himself. He sold his whole comic book collection. He did buy most of it back, and we do get to see it as Brody's collection in Morats. Which is awesome. But although, I mean, this is a studio film. So this is Smith and producing partner Scott Mosier wanting to do a studio film. They... Partnered with Universal. They wanted to make a cheaper movie, but Universal, even though it was with an indie director, they're like, well, we still need to spend some money. So money was spent, money was lost. This film had a budget of 6.1 million, Box Office, 2.1 million. This film didn't do well, but years later found its fans whether it's me on VHS you rented it when it came out it certainly found an audience it's a cult classic well look at the Captain Marvel movie mm. and you have this Stan Lee cameo in that film he's practicing his lines and he's holding For the Marvel script it just goes to show how far influential this film has come and that's full circle that's a full circle moment
1: uh, that cameo you just mentioned where he's reading the script that is so full circle when you see that
0: oh yeah it's it's brilliant Um, i've got to admit first time i watched captain marvel missed it completely Mm. missed i heard about it after the fact and then when i watched it a second time i did notice that he was holding the script and saying the line funny you should
1: ironic and funny you should say that because there's a moment that occurs late in mall rats that only just zinged or snagged with me or occurred to me last night upon my rewatch of it ready for the show when they're at the flea market after they get kicked out of the mall later in the film Uh, T.S. tries on a hat and the hat says clerks yep I never picked up on that when I was much younger
0: yeah I've got to be honest I have noticed that in recent years but yeah no like you I'd I'd not noticed that before in fact yeah I think it may have been not this time the time before that I actually noticed it so yeah I I came to that late as well
1: Mm. but then it just goes to it's a nice little visual nod and wink to the fact that it's all tied up all tied in together
0: I mean again this movie did fail at the box office but all these years later, found an audience, VHS, DVD. So there were plans for a sequel film titled Mall Brats. That was announced in March 2015. By the following year, the project was proposed as a TV miniseries. But by February 2017, Smith announced that he had not been able to sell the series to any network. But in January of 2020, Smith revealed that development on a sequel film has started again, this time under the title Twilight of the More Rats*. And sadly, Stan Lee cannot be involved. Sadly. But everybody else is attached and they're coming back, just like Smith is currently shooting Clerks 3. That yeah. I'd imagine Twilight of the Mole This next, next is his up. next one. But again, bombing at the box office, who'd have thought all these years later, not only are we... Still talking about the original movie. We're talking about the official sequel that is coming. I
1: think it just speaks to the love we all and the the, the passion, and the enthusiasm we all have for the Scooby universe and Kevin Smith. And he and Jay are the guys who are the glue who hold that universe together.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. And you know they come back in Chasing Amy, a much smaller but crucial part in that film. Very mature. It's yeah, I mean, that, is,
1: that is a different It's themes was such a deep dive into the complexities of relationships.
0: But still heavy comic book influences oh, yeah. in yep. that. Oh, now, absolutely. Morats has had three versions released, with the main version being released among an extended version and a theatrical version. The theatrical release has a total of 100 differences between the extended and original version. I think it must be the original that I have. I'm pretty sure, like this is the the theatrical release. It's the only one of Smith's films he didn't edit himself. Mm. And I'm thinking the later versions, at least one of them has to be his edit, and that's where I guess you're going to get all the differences. Absolutely. The I think I can't remember if it's like the 10th or 20th year anniversary, but the DVD that I have, it's chock full of special features, and one of them. It's the original beginning of the film, which did test poorly and was replaced at the last minute. The original beginning contained an incident at the Governor's Ball. It's the one that's mentioned by the TV executives in the theatrical court of the movie. So originally, you got to see that scene play out. That would have been so cool. I would have loved to have had that, that closure. Oh, it would have been cool. I mean, it's available and you can borrow the DVD if you like. I've got here in my notes, it was the the 10th anniversary of the movie and I'm pretty sure it was to tie in with the release of Jane Silent Bob Strike Back.
1: I'd love to watch that version because the version I've got, uh, this must be the original version which starts off with the Brody monologue.
0: Yes, that's that's the one that I've seen more often than not, but I have checked out the deleted scenes and the alternative. I wonder if they're on YouTube. More than likely. I mean most most things are. I've mentioned the uh, the producer, Scott Mosier. Yep. Like he's got a long standing working relationship starting with clerks yep, all the with, way through. With Kevin Smith, yeah. A couple of cameos in the in, in of films too. That's right, yeah. Interestingly, you know when James Silent Bob, they've got the blueprints. Yep. And it's like Wiley Coyote style. Yep. They were drawn by Scott Mosier wow so is the producer he drew up the blueprints there's also potentially another reference to him in the film you've got Shannon Doherty as Renee Mosier yep so that Uh... could be him but more likely a reference to Smith's ex-girlfriend who was Mosier's sister Wow. Kristen Mosier. So maybe it's a reference to his she, his friend or his wow. ex. She's but actually, either way.
1: She's mentioned in the credits, too. I always, if you're eagle-eyed, you'll see her name in the credits. I saw it go past. Uh, there we go. It, I don't know how true this is, but I'm pretty sure Joey Lauren Adams, uh, who's one of the, uh, the co-stars of the film, her and Smith dated briefly. Yes.
0: And it was during Chasing Amy as well. Yes. They were they were dating they uh, Back to Doherty, though. Oh, we should talk about the, the opening credits, the comic book style was, opening wasn't credits. Wasn't that brilliant? Oh, incredible. The one for Shannon Doherty, it's a parody of Beverly Hills Nana you know, Yeah, the show she did in the 90s. Obviously, yeah. she was a series Absolutely. regular on that. I liked the
1: the one for Gwen. There's a Gen 13, it's Gwen 13. It's, oh, that's it's very much J. Scott Campbell style as well. Yeah, That that was something that really blew me away right off the top. Uh, my first view of watching... Experience watching more rats. Just the comic book covers that told me straight away, this is right up. This is in my wheelhouse. This is up my alley. It's comics. Let's do it. Not only
0: comics. The movie Jaws features oh, yes. prominently. Not only is TS planning on proposing to Brandy at the Jaws ride when the shark pops out of the water. It ultimately Larry marries her. Yeah, but you've got the names. Like mm. Jason Lee plays Brody Bruce. Yeah. Bruce was the name of the mechanical shark. Brody is a name from Jaws. TS is from Jaws. I never knew that. There's so much I influence never knew that. from,
1: from that, Jaws in this. I'm constantly learning things about Smith's movies years and years and years later. I never knew those facts.
0: That's awesome. So, Jason Lee, right, he, I, I think, he was a professional skateboarder. Yep, yep I knew that. Okay. Pro so skater. That's not the new bit of information I learned. Right. Because I did, I did kind of know that, although I questioned it a moment ago. Universal wanted either Mike Myers, Adam Sandler, or Chris Farley for the role of Brody Bruce, and for T.S. Quint, they were looking at Ethan Hawke. Never would have worked. You know what? Jason Lee is the breakout star of that movie. Oh, he, he made it. He's excellent, but you know what? And I'm going to say this, and I'm going to stand by Mallrats being my favourite of Smith's movies. I will agree with that. It always has been, and it still is today. But the movie's rough. The performances, it, it is, it, it's an early director's film, but once and all, I absolutely love this film. Mm. But again, like, I can't imagine anybody else playing Brody Bruce. No. But it is wooden, but it works, I guess, for the character. And you know, years later, we would have Lee reprise the role of Brody her. Bruce, and, and no her. doubt. We'll see it again. So oh, yeah. I think he's great in it. I really do. But yeah. you can tell he's, it's his first film. It is. And it, it
1: comes with his heavy delivery. Like he's, the intensity of some of his lines. The way he's almost shouting some of his lines. and Or the way he's really driving some of the, the rhetoric of his lines
0: down TS's throat. Or other people's throat. And do you know what? On that. Now, again, big fans of Kevin Smith on this podcast. But he he writes really... Wordy dialogue. He does to the point where it doesn't all sound like dialogue that was to be used in real life, a real life conversation. No, I mean. So as well as it being Jason Lee's first film, that's the dialogue that he's working with. So you, it it can be very reactive at times, yeah, very long winded. But you know what? Again, I'm I'm here for it. But you can tell that it's his first film. But at the same time, even though. I, I, don't get me wrong, like Mike Myers, Adam Sandler, Chris Farley, they could have I played. like all three. Well, yeah. I think it was the the right casting, definitely. It, I'd love to
1: pick Smith's brain about that, and, and I'd love to ask him why he gravitated towards Lee for the role of Brody. Like, what was it about Jason Lee that made him just go, "That's it, he's my guy. You're my Brody Bruce."
0: I think something just like clicks that like he's auditioning for. It. He's got the character written down, and then this guy walks in, and and he's maybe in being a bit green and, you know, new to acting, maybe that played into what Smith wanted out of the character. I think maybe if you look at him and he's got that raw 90s skatery, grungy
1: kind of vibe in, you know, anyway, uh, as to who he was back then. As we as we discussed, he wasn't a professional actor. He was a pro skateboarder. So he's bringing that energy into the role and Smith's just gone, you are the, 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 the embodiment, the living embodiment of the youth of the 90s. Do you know the story behind Brody's
0: shirt? Or the the image on that? No. It's an iconic image. It's the faces of all the actors that auditioned for the role morphed together. Wow, I knew yeah. that. That's what that face is. That is cool. It's even it's that's so
1: iconic that image. It's even I've got the Brody Bruce in action figure. Oh, I used to have that. I've and misplaced it. I've got it. And it's even on that. Like, it's everywhere. You could even probably buy a replica of that shirt somewhere. It, it kind of looks like Brian O'Halloran, to be honest. That's right. I always thought that. <laughs> yeah, me too. I always thought that. I thought it was. I thought it was some kind of, like, joke that Smith played on O'Halloran.
0: Wow. <laughs> I mean, maybe he was one of the guys that auditioned, and he just really stuck out from the rest of the guys. And he went, no, no you're, you're, you're going to be Gil. You're Gil. <laughs> That's right. Gil Hicks. Gil Hicks. Claire Follaini as Brandy Svenning. So she... So essentially, have got two breakups in this film. Yeah. You've got Brody, he breaks up, or well, Renee breaks up with Brody and he's like, fine, whatever. Whereas when you've got the breakup between TS Brandy and-, and TS, it's a lot different. Like, he very much wants to marry her. That's what leads us to the game show in the mall. Mm. And it's what leads us to TS and Brody just essentially being more of just yeah. hanging, around hanging around the, the mall. mall.
1: Yeah, well, it serves as the catalyst and the fulcrum for the, as a plot device for the film.
0: Well, that's it. And Mm. on the back of Brandy, we get her dad, yes, who is absolutely fantastic. Mr. Spenning, Michael Rooker. That's it. And do you know what? This was my first exposure to Michael Rooker. I'd not not seen him or recognized him in anything else until this film. No, I didn't know know who was from a bar
1: soap. He was just a guy whose ass you happen to see a couple of minutes into the film when he's doing all those Taekwondo
0: poses and a towel falls off. (laughs) That's <laughs> excellent. Yeah. You know the the poster for this film is incredible. Yeah, and it's by Drew Struzan. I absolutely love that poster. And I always thought that how Rucker was drawn, he mm. looks like Lex Luther, and that's that was pretty, of course that's pretty cool. A, a lot to do with his bald head, but apparently yeah. uh, that wasn't the original idea. Rucker was trying to dye his hair grey just to give his character a bit of a distinctive look or different to how he'd been seen previous work.
1: Yeah.
0: But he decided, I think after that went wrong, that bald would work even better. Yeah. And yeah, he just adds to it. It I mean, just worked. He's a big guy anyway. He's menacing the bald head. Yeah, he's a big dude. He fills out. It wasn't the first choice though. Originally, they were looking at William Atherton. Hmm. That was Smith's first choice. Of course, you know him on Ghostbusters. You know him from Die Hard. Right. But um it wasn't to be. Atherton, I- he chose not to do it because this film was aimed at a teenage audience, yeah. which is what we were <laughs> and the I, time. Think, I think he struck gold with Rooker. I mean, his performance is fantastic. So
1: much to the point, sorry, to the point where my sister and I have this absolute love of that scene where he's trying to wrestle the podium off that guy for the, to set up the, the stage. He's like, give me the podium. Yeah. And he grabs it off of him. And he's like, you stamp the carpet done like this. Huh? 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 <laughs> and on the third one, his foot goes bang yeah, straight yeah, through yeah. the stage. And oh, My, my sister that. and I used to wet ourselves laughing uproariously to that scene. What about the Brody line with the chocolate-covered pretzel? Yeah. Say, would you like a chocolate-covered pretzel? They're a little melty, but damn, are they delicious. I mean, awful. That has always
0: been yeah, the awful Yeah, that whole scene. scene.
1: And just the way he's licking, he's smacking, and licking his, lip, licking his lips, and Jason Lee plants, Brody plants the 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 like the, the pretzel, the chocolate pretzel, the melted chocolate pretzel in his hand, and it looks like crap. It's just, oh, man, and you you knew. You just knew. after
0: That was after a stink fist. But it is a character that you wanted to get his comeuppance, so he did. Hey, you know what? Speaking of another character who definitely gets his comeuppance in prison, I'm talking about Ben Affleck as Shannon Hamilton. Interestingly, in the opening credits for Ben Affleck in this movie, the, the parody is of Batman. Yeah. How's that? And then 20 years later, Affleck would be cast as he's Bruce Wayne. Affleck, yeah. AKA Batman and in Batman v Superman. In this role, he's big, he's doughy,
1: he's kind of pudgy. He's he's a great big dude. He's not the Affleck that we we've seen in recent years, well, he's bigger now, but that's cuz he's hitting
0: the gym. Yeah. Yeah, oh, he's yeah, he's character in this, he likes to screw girls in really uncomfortable places. What? Like the back of a Volkswagen? <laughs> oh, it works every time. Yeah, great. Every yeah. time. Yeah. But I mean, he He plays it well in this. This is very much early Affleck. He's the proprietor of fashionable male. who has quite the distaste for Brody, I might add. Yeah, well, that's it. And then he's Mm. trying to get with his ex, Renee. Joey Lauren Adams as Gwen Turner. She's great. She is. And obviously, you know, we get to see more of her range in the next film, Chasing Amy. But she is good in this. But what's interesting to note here, Mm. right, we see her topless and... There's a reason for that, right? Because, again, Kevin Smith came from Clerks, and then this is his first studio film. So what studios, what they need to know, if you're pitching an idea to them, Mm. they need to be able to have a comparison, and then they can mark it on the back of that comparison. That's true. So what Universal landed on very early was Smart Porkies. Ah, yes. And even though Rats isn't that, Smith and Mosier new to movie making, they're like, yeah, okay, I guess. Let's um if You can see that they were they were verging into that territory into that territory. If that's what you want to refer to it as, then that's fine by us, you know, we'll just go make our movie the way we're gonna make it. Mm. But you've got to think like like smart porkies, like back then when porkies came out, a lot of the R-rated teen movies you got to see breasts. Yeah. It was very much a thing. Whereas yes. around the time of Morvats, mid nineties, it wasn't really a thing. So that's why I guess you get that's that one scene where you see her breasts.
1: And ironically, going into the early two thousand, late nineties, early two thousands, we had movies like American Pie and not another teen movie, and that was like a new version or a new generation of Porky's or Animal House. And I mean, that's you yeah, couldn't do
0: movies like that these days. They're better comparisons, but at the time, this is what Universal was referring to more. That's at yeah. But getting back to Lauren Adams, man, she's amazing. She's
1: she's a, she's just dynamite. Um, I've always I've always loved her in her roles for, for Smith and. Her voice is so dynamic and, yeah. and it's so interesting and unique, um, cute and sexy. It's just all these things. I uh, yeah yeah, and so distinctive. Yeah oh yeah yeah. She blew me away in those two, two movies, movies especially Chasing Amy. I'll never forget the scene where she's singing to her lover in the in the the Miami's nightclub. Affleck playing again playing Holden, the, the penciler of the comic book Blood Man and Chronic, is there with his inking buddy. Um, thank you Affleck is totally smitten he thinks she's singing to him but no 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 she's singing to a female lover yes <laughs> I, but, the, but the, the way she belts out that punk cover with such conviction and such um, passion I just love that scene I've never forgotten it
0: yeah yeah so okay. so well done yeah and um, before we move on another uh, film that I really like of hers Big Daddy with Adam Sandler I forgot she was in that you sure it wasn't Leslie Mann it's, she's also in it they are both in that film Right, I'll have to rewatch it. I forgot Lauren Adams was in that. Yeah, that's that's a really good film, and it's another good performance by Joey, Lauren Adams, Renee Humphrey. I've got to be honest, I don't know her from anything else, but in this, she is Trisha Jones, the schoolgirl that videotapes all the sexual exploits for the book that she's writing, mm. and that's how Shannon lands in hot water. Yeah, bookman himself, and <laughs> he he gets caught. Yeah, of course. Jason Muse, how's it taken us this long to get to Jason Muse as essentially Jason yeah. Muse? Jason, <laughs> like Jason Mewes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And this is the crazy thing with this, right? Because he was Jay in Clerks, close mates growing up with Kevin Smith. And Smith's like, you know what? I think this guy's funny. I think yeah. other people put him my will news- find him funny put him in my movie and see if other people find
1: him as funny as he does. So we're just knocking around the mean streets of New Jersey. And you know, he just
0: thought, well, I'll, this guy can, I'll tag him along for the ride, you know? Well, what happened with universal, they're saying, or they're asking, so who are we are going to cast? Is Jay. And Smith's like, Jay, what do you mean? Jay is Jay. Went, no, 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 that, that was like for that. That, that was that other movie that you did. Like that was the indie film. Like this, mm. you're with a studio now. Uh, yeah, I mean, Muse almost got replaced with Seth Green to the point, Couldn't see right, it. Green was on standby. He was waiting for a call to come to set. Wow. He was so close to taking over as Jay. And early, and you know, so Jason Muse had to audition. And according to Muse and Smith, he did not do well. He was too nervous. And of course, why wouldn't he be? Like mm. his, his mate made a film and put him in it. Now he's making a Universal movie. He has to back that up. Of course he was going to be nervous. That's cool though. I, I love learning stuff like that. I didn't
1: even know about Seth Green um, and his involvement, and how close he was to, to being in the project. And it's nerdy stuff like that. It's the equivalent of reading the liner notes in on on, an, on a musical album. Yeah, on a CD. definitely. And I just
0: I love stuff like that. Fortunately for Muse, Smith insisted that he should play Jay. Absolutely, and it was the right call. But you as know. I say the studio still made him audition Yeah, for Jay. Of course. He is Jay. He is Jay. Also, though, Breck and Meyer auditioned. Right. Road trip. Right, right. In the end, all concerned agreed that Muse was right for Muse, yeah. essentially. <laughs> I mean, his, his best line in the movie, uh, to me, was um,
1: when he first encounters Brody and T.S., and they're out the front of that pet store, and uh, they're talking about sabotaging the stage. Um, and he's uh, Brody says something to the effect of um, okay, you have your you have your mission Wolverine should I call you Logan? he goes, no, no the weapon X, should I call you Logan? he goes, no Wolverine snick, snick, yeah. snick and the, uh, the sound, oh, good. sounds of the claws come out and I, I love that, I ate that up as a kid
0: yeah, oh excellent, so much and then we get all the Batman references yes. fly, fat ass fly yeah, yeah, and he's yeah, got yeah. the
1: utility belt and even that scene where the Force and his crew are chasing after him and he pulls Mew's chorus and he looks up and he
0: shoots the gun up the grappling gun up, and he does it exactly the way Keaton does it oh, in the movie. It's so it's great. It's so good. And, you know, Silent Bob is known for wearing a baseball cap, but when he's doing those things, when he's doing the stunts, he's, he's got the horns on the he's on the, the, cap. the ears. Oh. He doesn't dispense with as much sage like yeah, wisdom Why, why did movie. I say horns? You're right, the ears. He's got the ears you on should, that. Yeah. You're thinking of deadible. that's why. <laughs> I guess so.
1: Freudian mm. slip. But yeah, Smith, uh, as, as Silent Bob, usually utter, has an utterance, usually some kind of wise, sage, philosophical advice. Um, uh, and he will talk about that at length in movies like um, Chasing Amy. But in this movie, uh, Morats, we only get one line, do
0: or do not, there is no try. Well, originally in Clerks, he thought maybe this is going to be the only film he gets to make. Mm. He, I believe, well, it's been so long since I read this, he was going to be, I think, Dante? Maybe? Maybe. Yeah, he I'd wanted, say Dante. He wanted, he wanted to be Randall. He wrote all Randall's dialogue for him. Ah, uh, that makes more sense. That's why Randall does have all the best dialogue. jokes.
1: He was going to be Randall originally, and then he decided, no, I'll, I'll be a completely different character and give Jeff, Jeff Anderson the role.
0: Although, for you know, he did base. I mean, Dante essentially was him working at Quick Stop. Yes, because that was his real life. Randall working next door at the video store was based on Smith's real life friend, Brian Johnson.
1: Yeah. Uh, and you see Brian Johnson in cameo form as Steve Dave.
0: Oh, Walter tell him Steve, Steve Dave. And, tell him yeah. Steve Dave. Walter Flanagan and tell him Steve Dave. Yeah, that's. You guys think that's that's the so guy good. reads comics, he can't start some shit. But essentially, you know, Smithy realized, I can't learn all this dialogue, even yeah. though I wrote it, I can't remember all this dialogue and yes. direct the movie and do all the editing and everything else. Worth. Well, sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say so he he chose a character that wouldn't have much dialogue, yeah, which was Silent Bob and the rest is history and yeah and you know, he's achieved other things. You know, we, we recently reviewed Masters of the Universe Revelation. Yep. He's the showrunner, he's, he's continuing, yep. you know, to direct T V for the CW, the DC shows, and then he's got all his original content. He'll no matter what else he does. It turns to gold, he's yeah. But I was gonna say, he'll always be Silent Bob, he'll yeah. always be the guy that directed that's true, and that's true, and we'll worth, always be
1: grateful for it. It's worth noticing that, uh, noting rather, that most of the people who appear in this film are actually his compatriots for the show, the short lived show Comic Book Men, around about
0: seven seasons or so. Yeah, I mean, you say short lived, well, but not well, <laughs> short lived, maybe that's you know, a good wrong choice of words. Yeah, yeah, I honestly, I was so disappointed when that stopped. But, me um, too, I loved yeah. it. It's great, you know. it's. It's available on Prime here in Australia, so I can still go back and watch it. But I'll yeah, have, to, I'll have to do show. that
1: too, yeah, because I missed the I missed the later seasons, but I caught the first maybe five seasons and missed the last two. Or so, okay, yeah. Walt Finnegan's on it. Uh, Brian Johnson's on it. Ming Chang, uh, Ming Chung, yeah. Uh, Mike Zaffer, Uh all those guys, all, all his luminaries that he casts in his films, they're in, they're in, they're on the show, and they work in the secret stash in New Jersey
0: which is amazing like it's I've been yeah, there I've so been cool. there in person I know mate I'm, I'm jealous Zabzik actually served me at the <gasps> register that's cool damn cool we've talked about Willem already yes, played Ethan by Sopley. Ethan Suplee. yeah and we got to see him years later reunited with Jason Lee on My Name Is Earl that was such a good show it was such good. a good show but they they were promised another season and they left it on a cliffhanger no mm. resolution that's that love it back to More that. the magic eye Sailboat running through the whole film.
1: Yeah, that was, that was the visual gag that was referenced the entire film. And Stanley is the one who finally breaks the ice and says, Oh, Sailboat taps, taps him on the shoulder, walks out, continues his day. Willem has a complete meltdown and
0: basically proceeds to trash the stage. Yeah, so good. Like, so, so good. Awesome. And okay, Stanley, his cameo in this, and he gives advice, and it takes Brody a while to realize that it's actually Stanley beside him giving that him. advice yeah we find out that it was ts that asked him to go Set home and give him that yeah. advice and that's when we get all the dialogue around the things junk and yeah, all of the that and, and all
1: that yeah but it was cool though to hear stan lee wax lyrical about his characters and say that they were they were all basically metaphors for his own anguish and his own torments or or whatever about emotions in his life
0: well, he's talking about the one that got away. But in reality, we know that we know. his wife, Joan, didn't get away. No, <laughs> they were married for many, many years. He's
1: basically just saying that to try and appease Brody.
0: Brody's broken heart. But it definitely works. And it's Stan Lee with a beard and not a mustache. Yes, which is why. I made we, that comment last time when yeah, we were watching it. It's a different looking <laughs> it Stan Lee. kind of cool. It looked pretty good on him. Only that distinctive voice. Like, no mistaking that's Stan yeah, Lee. You know, there's just that friendly voice what about priscilla barnes as miss ivana oh the fortune she sell teller with the third nipple oh second sighting of breasts there we go there you go there was true
1: there we go two actresses
0: smart porkies there we go we've mm-hmm. also got priscilla barnes
1: she was amazing like she was cool i love that she had this mystic persona going on and she breaks
0: character and has this real joicy accent and the joke that the TS nipple. didn't notice that the, she had a third nipple the, and bro, just like come on. Plain as day and he can't bring himself to look. He's just, yeah. just, it's, just oh, it's so funny. That was so good. When I first watched it, it always got me, like, because it was a a stick-on nipple, but it looks it's, like she eats it. It's gum. She just peels it off. She, just wakes she every puts time. it in. Yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, but you know, it's it's a good gag.
1: I loved it. Um, I thought it was great. And um, her advice, her advice to TS is timely, and he's just like. Understand, what is it? Understanding is reached only when conflict is something about understanding and conflict. Understanding is reached only only in the face of conflict or something like that. And it, it spurts him into action. He's like, right, I gotta get back. I gotta get my girl back. I gotta win the girl of my dreams over. Time to go and sabotage this damn game show. I thought that was really cool. It, it ratcheted him into high gear.
0: Yeah, very very well written, which you know we you often get from Kevin Smith. To be yeah, fair, absolutely. he writes good character beats.
1: He does, and he he obviously. Of, he always has a profound
0: nugget of wisdom. We've mentioned LaFours already, played by Sven Olforsen. Looks like Burt Reynolds. Well, I read that apparently he's based on Boss Hog, and that's why he's got the white hat.
1: Oh, there you go. So there is a Burt Reynolds connection there.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good point. That's I always like. thought it as a kid, I was like, isn't that friggin' Burt Reynolds? We've mentioned already Brian O'Halloran back again, and he he's comes back for... Smith films. Man, it's always films, yeah. always good to see him back as Gil Hicks, suitor number three. Mm-hmm. And you get a lot of good gags with him, Brody oh, and Tiaz.
1: Doesn't he cop a load from
0: Brody? It's hilarious. And we've got Art James as Bob Summers, who is the host of True or Dare. That's the show that Svenning is trying to get on the air. Which is obviously hijacked. Brody takes over and actually becomes the new host of the Tonight Show, which is... Like, that was so great. Which is
1: pretty cool. That scene, I love that scene at the end where uh, the network execs come up to Brody and say, have you ever considered doing a uh, a, a, a nighttime talk show? And without any hesitation, he's just, yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> no. says it straight off the bat. I love that. I mean, yeah,
0: what I was saying about him earlier, that's certainly a good he's delivery. So, I
1: love it because he's so outspoken and he's just not afraid to go out there and just run run his mouth. And so, of course, he was always wanting a spotlight to be able to run his
0: mouth. And honestly, I don't think I've ever seen... This actor appear in the audience, but apparently Luke Wilson is a member of the audience watching Troop or Dare. Owen Wilson's brother. Yeah, he's in yeah, the film, yeah, Uncredited, yeah. but another, I think I well, need to
1: watch it again. While we're talking tidbits, another interesting thing, apparently the mall they shot in on location in Minnesota, I thought it was New Jersey, but it's Minnesota, double is the same mall that was in George Romero's Night of the uh, Night of the Dead? Or is it Dawn of the Dead? Dawn of, Dawn the, of dead. the Dead. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, the same mall and smith would later pay homage to that same mall in Zack and miri make a porno because the hockey team are called the Monroeville zombies and the the hockey jersey that they wear is named for Monroeville, which is basically the place where the mall existed
0: right so there's a okay. connection there yeah no that's um, that's cool i didn't actually that's, i didn't know that
1: i've got a replica of the jersey in question
0: oh cool mm-hmm.
1: i bought it at the stash when i was over in the states
0: this has got a great soundtrack. Oh. I've yeah. got the the C D and the the album cover is the, the image the sailboat what you were talking about earlier. Yep. The poster you saw on the back of the comics with James up Bob. Yeah. That's the that's the album cover. There's a lot of songs on there by artists I'm not overly I'm familiar glad you with. The soundtrack. But one definitely worth noting Squirt Guns Social. That's the track that opens the film. Nice. So that's he almost that plays like the theme of the movie. Yeah, they do have a composer, Iron Newborn, but just hearing Squirt Gun at the beginning, that feels like more. Of that's to me.
1: Yeah, I, I you're very, yeah, I'm glad you brought up the soundtrack to be honest, because it, it's such a has such a punk grunge alternative '90s sound running through it, and Smith is clearly a fan of that. Um, come on, you've got Weezer at the closing out the film doing Suzanne. Suzanne, that is such a good
0: song with. The Monkey Suzanne, yeah,
1: <laughs> heading off with Jane Silent Bob, which on we, a undisclosed adventure. Yeah, which actually uh, turns out to be a four-issue comic book series done by Only Press, which chronicles what happens in that with, with Suzanne the Monkey.
0: All oh, right, so and it's absolutely disclosed then. <laughs> yeah, it is disclosed,
1: but you have to read the comics to find out what right, happens. okay. It serves as a bridge. A Do you know what? Speaking of that,
0: what I did have: Chasing Dogma that's the oh one. so good oh is that the, the one that's what that's the one i have that yeah chasing dogma is right. the link between more and dogma well chasing dogma is the link between chasing amy and dogma well yes. I, yeah i need to go back and so it's weird that, that smith
1: puts that at the end of more rats oh but it's cool though it's great but suzanne the song is so damn good i ended up i remember years ago i made a soundtrack like a my own what do you call it mixtapes i made a mixtape cd and um of all my favorite songs around at the time and suzanne was like was one of was one of them? My oh, it, that song was so it's damn up good. there.
0: But honestly, this movies good. There's so many good. good tracks, but it's one of those they don't do it now and they haven't done it for many years. Right, it's it's the soundtrack, but every second track is a song, and the alternating tracks it's dialogue from the movie. Remember mm. when they used to do that. Mm. So I don't like it as much now, if I'm honest, because yeah, I just tacky. put the CD in the other day. I'm like, oh right, oh no. Like, track one is dialogue, which is cool. I love this movie. But I just want to listen to the music. Yeah. I'm sure if I was to buy it from iTunes,
1: it's removed. There's a song... No, there sticks out in my mind. It's the scene where they walk into the flea market after they've been kicked out of the mall. I think it's called Funky Shoes or something like that. And it's like, I've never forgotten the beat. It goes dun, 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 yeah. dun, and it's such a happy, upbeat tune. And oh, that's
0: cool. I always hum that in my head when I'm having a good day walking around. <laughs> but, oh yes. Yeah music selections and Clerks as well. Like he didn't have as much money on that one, but he's got some decent tracks on there. Absolutely. Bad Religion. The Smiths are a huge fan there of them. There you go. They close out uh, Clerks too. Going back to Iron Newborn though. So yep. he's the composer. Now straight away, you know who he is. Yeah. Known for the Naked Gun series. Yep. Leslie Nielsen. So straight away, like way back when, when I watched more of that, recognized the composer, associated him with Naked Gun. But what I didn't realise is how many 80s classics and 90s classics has he worked on? And I've got the list here. Not oh, all of them. This is some off. of them. He started off with a few John Hughes movies. Mm-hmm. Sixteen Candles, Weird Science, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Nice. Uncle "Book," Planes, Trains and Automobiles, oh, which so we... I absolutely love that movie. So his resume speaks for itself. Even though I don't celebrate Thanksgiving... I'm English, living in Australia. But every Thanksgiving, I watch planes, trains, and automobiles. Mm. That's how I celebrate the holiday I don't actually celebrate. But I love that movie so much. That's awesome. Moving into the 90s, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. So there there you you go. I've written Newborn. Wow, Wow. his resume really speaks for itself. Incredible. And then, of course, in 95,
1: more And he riffs on the 89 Batman score.
0: Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Which is awesome. Now, I mentioned earlier that Smith was going to be making a sequel, Twilight of the More Rats. Very interested to see what he does with that. Okay, so we've got a bit of an idea. So he's been looking at casting, and it's one of the actresses from Jane Silent Bob reboot. She will be playing the lead in the film. The character will be named Banner, who is the daughter of Grody. Uh. And shannon doherty is set to return to reprise her role as renee nice i hope i hope they get the whole cast back joy and lauren adams and everyone so there we go it sounds like a true sequel and i don't have Chase and amy a couple of times already if you're listening to this and you've not watched jay and silent bob reboot it's not perfect don't get me wrong but it's yeah. a lot of fun but there's honestly the the it's like a sequel scene to Chasing Amy and it is incredible. That's great. It is, it is the heartbeat of that movie. That is and great. And I absolutely love it. So I'm liking that all these years later whether it's going back to Chasing Amy in that film it's continuing with Clerks 3 we're getting a sequel to more of that. I
1: think it's wonderful what Smith and Affleck's friendship has endured. I think I know for a time there they, they weren't very close or they weren't speaking but they look to have rekindled their friendship and that what you were just talking about then, the the link to chasing Amy serves
0: to establish that. I mean you're right, they did have a falling out and years later, uh they rekindled that friendship and without that happening you don't get that moment I was just talking about and I think in think that's, that's
1: apparent. That's it really comes across on screen.
0: I'm so happy the guys are together again. Yeah, you know, they the did old such gang. good
1: work, you the know. The gangs back together. Yeah, I was
0: in Dogma, that film is incredible. Mm.
1: I think the only sad note about More Rats 2 will be the omission of Stan
0: Lee. I get that, but even though he's great in the movie and, you know, crediting that as his first cameo, he's not one of the main characters. No. So I feel as though even if he was still was around... Just a writing beat, maybe, a plot device. I mean, it sounds like Smith and Lee had a friendship, so yeah. maybe Lee would have come back as another... I think, I think
1: smith will find a way to pay appropriate homage to him
0: yeah well you know fortunately that movie is going to happen so we'll we'll be able we're to see we're looking forward to
1: it we'll have to we'll be able to talk about that in future
0: oh absolutely well i think we're there the rating if you're going to rate this movie out of five
1: i'm coming in close to five you know i like my fives no I'll, I'll go for 4.5 very close to five um I think the only thing that knocks it down a slight peg, like you say, it's just the, the wooden acting in, in some scenes. Um, it, it's sort of, you can tell that it's the second movie from a relatively new and green director. Um, uh, the very indie, but certainly coming of age, like he, he's starting to pick up momentum, establish and gain studio clout, uh, and, and gain the favor of, you know, big time studios and execs and stuff. But there's a lot of love, a lot to love about this movie, A lot of heart to it. It'll always sit very loyally and fondly in my heart. Um, it was my first. It was my entry point into Kevin Smith's world, into the Askew universe. Um So I, I'll always have that nostalgic um, underpinning to it. Um, it's certainly like not. A, it's not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. Far from it. I only knock it down slightly from a five just for the fact, like you say, that some of the acting is is a little bit ham fisted or not up to scratch. But I can't fault the movie otherwise. It's it's a loyal, it's a classic to me, and I, I say, bring on the sequel.
0: Yeah, no, I yeah, I pretty much second that. I I have so much love for this movie. I've said I think that it's his best, and you know, I I never get tired of this movie. But for the reasons you mentioned and we've talked about, you know, whether it's the wooded performances, the lengthy dialogue, or yeah, I'm, I'm so close. To, I want to give it a five, but Me, I, I can't quite. I'm right there with you, dude. I feel I like I can't quite give it a five, but yeah. I certainly can't give it anything lower than a four point five. No, because
1: that doesn't, and that doesn't speak ill of the love we have for the movie. No, this is a great
0: film. Like my appreciation for it is great. I mean, I really dude, like this film. I'm right there with you. Well, that's it for our episode all about more If you want to contact us about this episode or request a topic for an upcoming show, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. Nathan, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Never a
1: chore. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. (laughs) Snoochie boochies.